Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. Amen. All right, so let's just break down the basic concept of peace. The uh, the topic, you know, they're talking about in the video here, the the where do I find it? You know, it's internal. It's when you find your own peace, when you're at peace with yourself, when you can resolute, you know, or be resolute in your mind about your decisions. It's that that place of being content wherever you are. It's deciding to be however you're deciding to be. It's it's all these things. There's one um, thing in history that is fascinating is that in all of history, in all the places in the world, in all of, of the timeline of man, there has been consistent breakdowns of peace. Like we're talking like literal peace. We're talking uh, war. We're talking battles. We're talking struggle. There's, there's this continual breakdown of peace. And you could just see it. There'll be like little pockets where there'll be like peace agreements between countries or between tribes or between people groups of whatever kind. Uh, peace peace uh, agreements that we choose to, you know, buy into, but they break down. It's just a matter of time. It's like humans cannot... We cannot sustain peace on our own. We desperately crave it. We'll do whatever it takes to get it, but we cannot keep it. And one of the most interesting stories, I, I, probably everybody has heard the story about in World War I, uh, 1918, I, or sorry, 1914, uh, World War I, the story of it was the first year where the Allied forces were in the trenches and there was... It was world war, guns blazing, guys away from home for the first time in their whole lives in countries that they didn't know anything about, fighting a war that was none of their business, you know, doing the stuff that, that was so hard to reconcile. And the story goes, Christmas Eve that year, 1914, all of a sudden something changed. So um, Christmas Eve happens, they're going about their normal war day, but the, the, the sun sets, the darkness falls, and the guys in the trenches across fields from each other suddenly start singing Christmas carols. And it's so interesting because they can hear each other's Christmas carols. And the reports go that they actually started hearing like the brass instruments chiming in. And there was this sound of Christmas carols that was going back and forth. So overnight this started to happen. And when the sun came up, out from their trenches, out from their foxholes, come the soldiers. The Germans were the first ones up, and they started coming up, and there, there was a lot of tension. Like, what are they doing out there? Why, what, why are they coming across the field? But as the story goes, and it's documented, in fact, you can, you can see um, historical videos about it and whatever, the guys ended up coming out both sides out of their trenches, and they spent the day together, and they shared what they had. They shared their food. They shared cigarettes. They shared, you know, whatever they had. Um, there's reports of, a, like, a soccer game that went on. They played, they played football. They, they had this day together. Sun goes down, back in the trenches, back to war. And it's this weird phenomenon in your, in your mind because it's like, well, look at that. So underneath, you know, even in the midst of war, humanity is basically good and humanity basically wants, you know, that the Christmas spirit carries a presence. No, it doesn't. Because it only happened once. And here's the thing, prior to Christmas that year, the Pope and, and, and uh, religious leaders at the time actually appealed to the governments like involved in the war and asked if there could be a 24-hour peace, pause in the whole thing, that they could stop. 
Government agencies would not uh, uh, agree to it. They could not come to an agreement. What happened, though, in the moment is these guys started singing. The soldiers, they didn't really know about the big, uh, you know, that that it had been denied that they couldn't have a pause. They were just fighting the war. So they started singing Christmas carols. Now, we're not talking about, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We're talking before that. Christmas carols were songs of faith. They were songs of worship. They were songs that, sp- that spoke the word of God. They were songs that told the gospel. And so essentially what happened was, Men decided to praise in the midst of war, and it shifted an atmosphere. Do you see what's, what I'm saying here? Men couldn't agree upon it, but praise broke through and shifted an atmosphere. Men could not come to the table and find a solution that was workable, but, but praise could cut through. Honoring God, his, he, he dwells in the presence of his, in the praises of his people. And so they began to sing, and suddenly something changed. It tells us that the presence of God carries something that the presence of man can't handle. The, the presence of man cannot produce something but the presence of God can. And so interestingly enough, the very next year then, instead of our world governments going, what a great thing. Like, let's just decide every year, if we're, as long as we're at this war, let's just pause for Christmas Day. No, they made it an absolute rule that nobody was to do that anymore, that that would never happen again. Man gets a little taste of peace and has to crush it. We actually have this self-destructive thing on the inside of us that just needs peace and kills peace and needs peace and kills peace. It's fascinating. And the reason that it's there is because we are born into a world that is broken and lacking something. And so until we find the real source of peace, we have nothing to offer. And so these songs that we sing, you know, the the Christmas carols, a lot of them talk about peace. A lot of them talk about, you know, the inevitability of it. And a lot of people talk about where is it. And the one thing I can tell you is that when you're out doing the Christmas stuff, you don't find a lot of it. It's not just because naturally it's Christmas season, everybody's at peace. Peace on earth. Oh, good. Doesn't happen. It's not there, but it is on the inside of us if we will choose it. It is if we press into who God is. And so we need to break down what, what this peace is that we're talking about. I'm telling you that it's, a, it's from an external thing that comes internally in us and then changes externally. So it's from God, it comes alive in us, and then it produces change. If we try and self-generate something around us, nothing happens. It just gets kind of worse. So Luke 2, 13 and 14 is where the scripture verse is. Some of you are experiencing Christmas for the first time through the lens of faith. This is, this is what it says. This is when the angel came uh, to the shepherds in the field. Jesus had just been born. And it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so... Literally, there are angels from heaven. I know this sounds 
bonkers to some people that this is what happened, but this is how it went down. There's this sound from heaven doing the ultimate birth announcement. Like for those who are trying in their backyards with the balloon things and whatever, it's good, but until you can produce singing angels, you are underperforming what Jesus had. So the angels are here and they, they explain what it means that he's been born. Not just that a baby has been born, but it's a very specific birth that has happened. And specifically in verse 13, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So we pick that up and in our own human thinking, sometimes lean into that and we go, okay, so when we celebrate Christmas, there is peace. In other words, we're going to just delay the family feud until January (laughs) and we'll pick it up then. And we're going to have goodwill toward men, which is therefore now for the first time this year, I suddenly see the people that need help and I'm going to give because it makes me feel a lot better to give stuff to people at Christmas time. Does that make any sense at all? Really, because people are in need in January, February, March, April, May, June, that the people that we should be loving and caring for, it really should happen all year long, which tells us that when we, when we produce it by the flesh, it's a little bit twisted up. What the angels were saying is that God has brought us peace on earth, that something now, because Jesus is here, something entered the earth that wasn't there before. You had a measure of peace. You could come to, you know, agreements. You could come, you could have warlords come to the table and you could have a peace agreement. But in this moment, a different kind of peace has just entered the earth. Something came with him that you did not have before. And it's God's will, God's goodwill toward men, not our goodwill towards one another. So when we actually operate in this spirit, we do see good stuff come out of us towards one another, but that's not the core reality. That's not where we started from. And so we start with God sent peace to earth via Jesus, and it was his expression of his goodwill towards humanity. He was giving an opportunity for us to know him, for us to experience him. And so something big has changed, and we need to step into that. So what kind of peace is this? It is not tranquility. We've talked about this before in this church. Peace is, is actually a substance of war. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a place of, of strength. It's a place of fortitude. We tend to see it as somebody in a little bit of a hippy-dippy outfit just sitting there having peace. Not beneficial, not helpful. Peace is a place of on the inside, everything is right. I'm okay on the inside. I'm strong on the inside. How do we know that? Because the word peace that is used here is not tranquility. It's not, it's not stillness. It literally is the Greek word irene, which means unity, one accord, to join, to set at one, whole, complete. It means that there is nothing missing, nothing broken. There's a completeness, a wholeness. There's something on the inside with God's kind of peace that means it's, it's okay in here. And when it's okay in here, then I can deal with whatever I have to out here. How many of you, well, maybe don't put up your hands, but I mean, probably a lot of you have been sitting this close to the final straw lately. Whatever the final straw is. But the final straw is right there waiting for the bait. The peace on the inside, when we're operating in God's peace, it's it's where we don't have that trigger that's just waiting right there. We're good on the inside. 
I look at it, as I do with most things, through the lens of food. So, so a really good piece of chocolate cake. You know, preferably with like, like that German coconut icing that's kind of caramelly on the, that's, you know what I'm saying, maybe a layer cake with a little good fudge in the center. Um, what was I talking about? Um, <laughs> now, you know, if, if you have that thing sitting in front of you, somebody, somebody could walk past you, you know, would you like a piece of cake? Oh, no, I shouldn't. No. No, I'm, no, I'm good. No, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. Well, they come back an hour later. No, I shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just about to head out for my lunch break. No, so I'm, I'm good. I got a salad waiting for me. I'm good. Come back an hour later. Oh, I didn't see you left your desk. Do you want some cake now? No, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna pause um, soon. Take a, I'm going to take a break and have my salad, and then I, I'm good. I'm good. Like, they come back 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, I'm give, give me two pieces of the cake. I, I am in for all the cake right now. But what happens if I actually am full on the inside? What if, what if along the way I actually have been doing the right stuff and I've been drinking the right water and I've been eating right foods and I actually take a pause at lunch break and I refresh myself. They come by with a cake. It might still look good for a moment, but I can say no. It's not a problem for me. I'm not just on that trigger point. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like that. Peace is that thing that when I'm whole on the inside, when there's nothing missing, nothing broken, then those little pokes on the outside don't affect me the same way. I, I don't respond the same way. I don't act out the same way. I'm not edgy the same way. I don't just need everybody to back off the same way. I can be okay on the inside and it begins to trickle out to the outside. This is God's kind of peace. And it's not an emotional thing. It's about a connection with him. It's about that place that I have peace with God, not just peace in general. It comes back to the prophetic word about Jesus. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And then Isaiah 53, 5, talking about Jesus when he went to the cross. And so Jesus came in, he carried peace, he was peace, he's offering peace. But it had to be actually purchased for us because we were living in a broken state. And so Jesus came and he paid the price by dying on the cross, the sin that we had a debt to, the place where we were separated from God, which is where that lack of peace comes from, being separated from God. Jesus came and he made way for it, not just by being born, but this part too, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. And so Jesus actually came to deliver peace and then paid both sides of it. One of the interesting things about a peace deal or a peace treaty, I mean, if the Middle East ever gets it, things change dramatically for everybody else. But they keep coming to the table on, on these various peace agreements, and nobody can ever really agree because it always requires a your part and a my part. 
And it's the back and forth, and well, I'm not willing to give up that. Well, I'm not willing to give up that. But if we give up this, then you give up that. And maybe if we have these people join in, and they give up this, and they contribute this, and whatever, we can come to sort of an agreement. The peace of God, Jesus paid all sides of it which is so fascinating. We just get to accept it. We get to receive it, but we really can't do anything for it. And so it's an unusual peace agreement. It's the thing that we get to decide to to, uh, partake of, but Jesus paid the way for it. Now, leaning into this just a little bit more, we're going to start just walking through some points of peace. And what I believe God wants us to understand today is how peace works and how it's meant to work in our lives. Um, I, I literally feel um, this is not maybe the happy, happiest of Christmas messages, but um, I, almost, I almost sense like a, when Jesus said to Peter, you know, Satan has asked to sift you and I'm praying for you, that when you come out the other side, your faith will be, have, have stood. I believe that we still have some struggles to walk through that there's still some things that we are facing, some issues that we are moving towards um, globally, nationally, maybe even personally. It's not, it's not necessarily gonna be happy, snappy right away here for us to step into. And so if that's the case, if, that's, if, if what is ahead of us can't be flawless, like some of us are just waiting, waiting, waiting for life to get back to normal. What if it doesn't? Can we cope? Can can we deal with that? If it doesn't, what if it doesn't get back to normal? What if, you know, when we look at even the past history, even if we're not talking about big spiritual realities, if we look at what happened with, you know, the world wars and the dirty 30s and, you know, the Spanish flu and all the stuff that happened in that package, there was this massive chunk of time where humanity never did get back to where it was in like the 1890s kind of thing. And in a lot of ways, that was good. But it meant that people had to shift. Things didn't go back to normal. How do we deal with that? I believe God is calling us to the place where our roots go much, much deeper, where we're digging much, much deeper, where we're, we're leaning into God's goodness, we're leaning into his faithfulness, where we need to be immovable on the inside so that the outside doesn't really affect us. We're just solid in him. We're living in his goodness. So to walk through this, sometimes we just need to put stuff in a different perspective. Can you have peace in the middle of a crazy family blowout? Yes, you can. Can you have peace in the middle of a turmoil at work? Yes, you can. Have you, can you have peace in the midst of a, a you know, car accident? Yes, you can. Can you have peace in a doctor's office when you've gotten a bad report? Yes, you can. Can we have peace at all times? Yes, we can. But we need to make sure that we're pulling on the right place, the right source, that it is actually God. So number one, the peace that we're talking about is not of this world. This is not people generated. If it's people generated, it's just a matter of time before somebody screws it up. In my case, it's usually me. You know, I'll say something or do something that just, you know, didn't land well. It's on me. So I need this kind of peace. It's not of this world. So we do not define uh, peace as the absence of conflict. It's not a temporary state of uh, zen. It's not a mountaintop place or a, you know, river. These are places where we feel peaceful 
These are places where we calm ourselves on the inside. And honestly, if we're experiencing God in those places, it's because we're tapping into his peace. It's not because the mountain is peaceful or the river is peaceful. It's that he is peaceful and we finally stop talking long enough to hear him. We're finally paused long enough to feel his presence. That's what that's about. Jesus said in John 14, 27, and Pastor George opened with this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. And this is, this is a key for us to understand when there's the, the anxiousness, there's the frustration, there's the things are spinning. It's just like I can't find any place for my mind to rest. Has anybody been struggling with invasive thoughts lately? Like, honestly, I believe, just to be very honest, I feel like prophetically, I feel like the game has been lifted. There's a, there's a heightened activity in the spirit realm right now, and the attack is just constant. And so these thoughts pop in, and it's like, it's, it can feel so hard to even just find a place to sit down on the inside. You maybe sit down even with your Bible or whatever, and it's like your thoughts just want to, you know, anybody had that? Seriously, we got to recognize that when that's happening, this is a, we have to deal with a spiritual situation. It's not you. It's not just, I need everybody to be quiet right now. (laughs) Truly. It is, I have to go back to that place of peace on the inside. I got to realize that something is out to steal my peace. Something is shifting. D.L. Moody puts it this way. He says, a great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we do is enter into it. And so very consciously, I'm understanding that it's his peace, and I'm not trying to make my own peace. I just need to enter into his. If you picture what you're going through, and you put it on Jesus. So for instance, like for me, when I'm spinning, and it's like, I got 3,000 things to do, and everything's just running through my mind, and I don't even know, and I, I don't even know where to begin. And I put that picture on Jesus. Can I picture him going, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. There's just such a long list, and I just need, like, I'm gonna, Father, I need more angels. I need more angels right now. I'm not going to get, Jesus would never. He is peace. He, he carries peace. He operates in peace, which means I can step into that too with him. And I have to choose to do so. But it's a peace that is not a normal, worldly, simplistic peace. Grasp that with your spirit. Your mind is going to want to make peace. Your spirit needs to receive peace. It's quite different. So number two, this peace is governmental. And this is one of the key things that I think we really need to grasp. What I mean by governmental is it carries a weight in the atmosphere. So governmental, when you have a, you know, a kingdom or you have a nation or you have a, you know, a dominion or whatever, you have a governmental thing, it means that there's certain rules that apply to it. There's certain things that are appropriate and accepted and there's certain things that are not. This is normal here. This is not normal here. This is what we're known for. This is what we're not known for. There's a, there's a thing. And the governmental rule sh- uh, changes that. So if a government uh, decides that an entire people group needs to change, they can do that strictly by putting certain laws and guidelines in place and it begins to shift. So peace is actually a governmental thing. 
And when we operate in the government of heaven, when we operate in God's rulership, and we actually have a, a responsibility to operate then in peace because peace is part of his governmental rule. How do we know that? Again, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, for unto us a child is born. One of his names is the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So very specifically, there is a place in God, there is a peace in God that is governmental, it's ruling, and it's never going to end. God is not concerned about conflict. He knows he already won. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so the Prince of Peace is a governing thing. It's a governmental system. Romans 14, 17 the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God manifested in our lives when I'm a Christian, when I'm a Christ-like one, when I'm operating in him, righteousness, peace, and joy should be naturally operating out of my life. It's a byproduct of this kingdom. It's, it's how it functions. It's, it's what should dictate what happens in my life. It's a natural state for me. Have you ever noticed as a Canadian, it's almost impossible to not say, I'm sorry? I mean, literally, I was at the grocery store this week, and I, I caught myself, I think I said it like six times, like in the first few minutes. Why? Because I come around the corner, and I see somebody else coming down with a cart. And suddenly, I say, oh, I'm so sorry. Why? I didn't hit them. They didn't hit me. Nothing happened, but they looked at me. So I apologized, just came out, you know, it's, it's part of my nature that just, we apologize for stuff. Well, this, this is the thing in the kingdom of God, in the governmental system of God, peace is actually a natural byproduct. It should be that I have to really work myself up to get worked up, not I really have to try so hard to not be worked up. It's reverse. It should be natural for me if I'm staying in God, I'm operating in his governmental system, that peace is a natural state for me. On the inside of me, okay, I can see that there's a problem here. I can see things are not going well. I'm unflappable. On the inside, I'm okay. I'm at peace because I'm good with God. And this is like when we take this back, this governmental thing, when Jesus came and he brought peace, when he offered peace, when he died on the cross and he rose again and he made way for us, we step into that place where God comes in and he makes sure that we are whole on the inside. So that relationship with him is that thing that I just keep going back to. I'm part of his kingdom now. The kingdoms of this earth no longer own me doesn't have my attention, doesn't have my allegiance, doesn't have my loyalty. I belong to another kingdom. I belong to God. I'm his, he's mine, and these are the things that come out of my life then. So it is a governmental thing. There's a fight, though, to remain in peace, and one of the key opponents is fear. We're going to talk about that in a second, but identifying peace in your life, wholeness, that sense of completeness on the inside is going to be a key to moving forward. Identifying peace means recognizing that peace is not just a what, but a who. Peace is not just a what, but a who. So in other words, when the angels said that there's peace on earth, this king has been born, there is now peace on earth. He is our peace. Jesus is our peace. And so when I recognize that, I recognize that any bait to step out of peace is bait to step away from him. 
It's, wait, it's bait to be drawn away from that relationship. It's bait to be pulled out of that place of knowing him like I should know him, walking with him like I should walk with him. And so I want to be alert to that. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Meaning when we're operating in peace, we carry the trademark of our government. You catching that? When I'm operating in peace, when I'm walking in peace, when I'm a peacemaker, I'm carrying the trademark of my government. So I am, I'm, it's like I'm wearing the uniform of heaven when I'm operating in peace. When I'm operating in freakage, I'm, I'm not so easy to spot. You know, it's kind of, whose kingdom do you belong to? Where, you, where do you come from? What, what, what's coming behind? So I want to make sure that this is my go-to. What about... What, you know, what about if this happens on the news? What if, what if this gets announced? What if our prime minister does this? What if our provincial government does that? What if we're headed this direction? What if? I have to come to a place where on the inside, peace is the trademark of my life. Because that's whose government lead I'm under. And God is never concerned. And so as we walk past that, then number three, this particular peace has a ruler he has a ruler, and therefore we need to let him rule. So if I'm part of a different government system, and this government is, is activating a peace that is outside of this world, then it's going to come with somebody who is dictating how to function in that, how, what, what is expected of people who live in this system. And we are, we are, again, there's this constant push and pull right now. And I believe the more we establish ourselves in the things of God, the less movable we are the less bumpable we are, the less touchy we are. And so this peace has a ruler. Specifically, it is the Prince of Peace. So Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. And he's talking about between Jews and Gentiles and us and God. There's, there's Jesus who is our peace. So he's the one we're looking to. This is the place that we're going to. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So if he's our peace, then let that peace rule in our hearts. What does that mean? Literally, the word rule there means to be an umpire. So safe, out. Safe, out. It means, you know, foul ball. It means, it means here's the boundary lines. You are out of bounds here. It's the stuff where we literally have a hard time operating in that measure of peace, even if we're in that kingdom, if we don't operate by kingdom rules. So a lot of people really struggle with, well, what, you know, is, is Christianity just a bunch of do's and don'ts and rules and guidelines and whatever? No, but there are some things that are the, the basis is of our faith, the way that we're meant to operate for maximum life and life abundantly. For us to experience the good things of God, there's some certain things that make better sense than other things. There's guidelines to our choices. There's ways that we function that match up with who he is. They match up with how he says things should be. They match up with, with how he operates. And so that place of peace, it's going to be in the word of God. There's going to be instructions, but there's also going to be that inner witness. 
And the inner witness of peace, if I'm a believer and Christ lives in me, it means I can actually recognize that the peace of God lives in me and I need to make sure that I'm following it. How many of you, just before you made an epically stupid decision, had a little check on the inside? Just before. And you knew it. You knew you shouldn't probably go there. You knew you probably shouldn't make that phone call. You knew you probably shouldn't spend that money. You knew you, you just had a little sense, I don't feel good about it. But you talk yourself out of it or into it or whatever. And suddenly it goes bad and you, you just, you just know. You just know the Holy Spirit actually gave you a little bit of a heads up and you wanted to do your thing anyway. Or somebody else tried to talk you into it. Somebody tried to bait you into it. And so that pull is there. This is a real thing. And so peace has to be the place where when we feel whole on the inside, we're feeling complete on the inside, we're feeling that presence on the inside. That's our norm. And the absence of it freaks us out. That's what we're looking for. We are not looking for radical calmness in the house. If you have people living in your home under 18, it will never be calm. <laughs> if you get dogs that are too big to live in your house, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I can have a moment, I can have a moment like an afternoon or an evening or whatever where, you know, actually the stuff for the day is done and, you know, you light candles or you whatever, put the nice music on, you can have a calm, peaceful night. But it's just a matter of time before a group text goes off and suddenly, ting, 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 and you wonder, why are all these people in my life right now? and you feel obligated that you should join back in the conversation with them and whatever. What I'm saying is the inner peace, it, it's not moved by any of that stuff, but we will get baited into it. Right now, some of the things, like your, your uh, eye gates, your ear gates, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Let me just say, I'm not, again, as always, not a medical professional, but with the current variant that has just come out, World governments freaked out within 24 hours when the original doctor who found it was like, uh, it's going to be weeks before we know anything about this. It, it, just, it blitzed out there so fast, everybody is just drawn into, we should panic! No, we should not panic. We should not panic. We are at peace, and whatever happens, God will sustain us. Whatever we're headed into, God is enough. Whatever is, God is able. But there's bait to panic about everything. You know, I mean, it's why we all bought extra toilet paper and don't say you didn't because we all did. There is just something that you hear it enough times, you get pulled into the panic. And God's inviting us, I truly believe in this season, whatever is ahead of us, we need to be unflappable. We need to be so stable on the inside that we are assured the peace of God is ruling our lives. He will guide us. He will direct us. We're okay. I don't need approval from other people. I don't need everybody to think what I'm doing is right. I don't need things to fall in a certain way because I have peace with God and his well done is what I'm after. And so on the inside, I'm good. I'm okay. I know that, you know, well, what if you die? What if I die? 
If I have peace with God, I'm okay. Well, why do we say that? Why do we, you know, well, people are passing in a hospital or, you know, on the side of a road or whatever, and it's, you know, do you need to make your peace with God? Well, A, yes, but hopefully it's already been done before now. Like, peace with God, that what we say when we, 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 or mean when we say that is, is your heart right with God? And if your heart is right with God, whether you live or die, you know, when, when Paul said, whether I, you know, go or stay, you know, to go would be great, to stay is beneficial for you, so whichever, I'm okay. That's peace. That's that inner peace of the one who is governing my life. It means that I, if he tells me to go somewhere, do something, meet with somebody, I don't need to be concerned about it. I don't need to be panicked about it. I follow the peace because the umpire, the coach, the guide told me this is what to do. So I'm going to do it and I'm not going to panic. Some of you, God is going to tell you to do some very strange things in the next six months. I think it comes in terms of, you know, where you sow, where you are, who you connect with. There may be things that come to you and in your spirit, it feels like that's the right thing to do. But you tell a few people and they're like, you are out of your mind. Don't. Don't tell if you talk to people who are trusted advisors, people, men and women of God who will pray with you about it if it's a really questionable thing. But ultimately, whatever God tells you to do, do it. Um, we heard a story just the other uh, week about a, a, a couple who was actually leaving Europe in crisis, and they were so disgusted because they got to the um, got to the uh, gates or the port, and the ship that they were supposed to be leaving on. Uh, suddenly was out of tickets and they couldn't make it. They had to take the next ship that was leaving. Turns out the ship that left was the Titanic. Go figure. What if God tells you the when, the where, the how? That's peace. That on the inside, knowing God is my umpire. God is the one who's my, the, the, the lead of my life. He's the one taking me the places that I need to go. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Your heart motives, your heart intentions, your thoughts, your meditations. Let him do it. Let him do it. That phrase tells us that we cannot let him do it. It tells us that honestly, he might be available to us. It might be possible, but we can also shut him down. We can, we can close the door and we can overthink him. We can overrule him. Judges 6, 23 and 24, it's the story of Gideon and he has this encounter with God and he's like terrified because now he's getting sent out to do this thing and, uh, and he's seen God so he's gonna die. And it says, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace, which is literally Yahweh Shalom. It's one of the names of God, the Lord is peace. But I want you to catch this it says, peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. John, four, uh, well, let's just see if this is the one I've got wrong or not. John uh, 14, 27. <laughs> I sent my notes into the team and they were like, there is no verse like that in the Bible. One of them, I think this is the one. Uh, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you let not your heart be troubled and let it not be afraid. What two things do you see put together there again? My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
So the verse in Judges said, do not fear, I am peace, right? This one says, my peace I give to you, neither let it be afraid. When Jesus was in the boat, you remember the story, the storm is like going on and it's like raging all around them. Jesus is on mission. He's just finished ministering all day long and he's on his way to minister again. One of the big doozies, the big, you know, deliverance ministry of all time is happening later on that day. And so Jesus goes down into the bottom of the boat and he goes to sleep. And depending on which version of it you find it, I I like that they specifically say he laid on the pillow in the front of the boat, as in it's like, wow, little cushy Jesus in the middle of all of this. You know, it wasn't like he was so exhausted he just fell asleep. It was like, no, he literally on purpose laid down to have a rest. He on purpose went, how could he do that? Because Jesus is peace, was walking in peace, and was ruled by peace. And so in the midst of the storm, Jesus knew he wasn't going to die. He, he had an assignment, and so he was at peace on the inside. But when he wakes up and he comes and the storm's going, because everybody else is freaking out, and he commands the storm and he says, peace be still. And specifically, verse 39 to 40 of Mark 4 It says, he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And fear and faith run on a spectrum. Fear is the opposite of faith operating off the same principles. So faith is believing those things that are not as though they were. It's speaking those things that are not as though they were. It's, it's, I know that even though I can't see it, it's real. Fear does the same thing. Even though it hasn't happened yet, even though I have no, no reason to believe so, it could, it could go like this. This could happen. So it's putting the same um, internal devices into action. It's pulling them into play. And so when we operate in fear, we're stepping out of faith, and it's in direct contrast to the peace And so God's giving us an example here. And you see these these track records of peace and fear. And God's just saying, kind of on repeat, you have to choose peace and step away from fear. Why does that matter? If I had to pick one thing, one thing that was the global principality raging of the, the hour, it is fear. Everywhere, every continent, every nation, fear in some form. It's become our constant. It's like this this security blanket almost that if if we don't have something to be afraid of, we look for something. There should be something that I'm worried about today, something that I'm panicked about today. The outcome of that is that, that fear produces anxiety. It produces depression. It produces anger. It produces this separation from society. It opens the door to suicide. There is such a a trickle-down thing. The substance abuse gets built up when fear is active. The the, um, divisions between families and friends happens when fear is active. And so fear has been just released. It's It's the sound bite of every day. Pick a news source, pick, you know, whatever it is, it will always, it never starts with, man, there was just a great breakthrough that happened today. So excited about how, never. It's not news unless it's garbage, unless it's something that's going to sow into the fear bug for you. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, like, not like we're going to live in a complete bubble, ignorant of what's going on. However, 
I believe we have to consciously sow to peace right now. We have to consciously decide peace. And if something comes in that steals your peace, ditch it. Something comes in and it starts to rattle you. You can feel, you can feel it. We all can feel it. The little adrenaline stop starts bubbling on the inside. And, you, you know, heart rate's beating a little faster. Thoughts start spinning a little more. You realize that your voice is getting a little bit sharper, whatever. You feel like you don't even want to get out of bed this morning. Those things are fear-based realities. That thing where you are always on the last straw and somebody is going to get a piece of your mind, that's got a fear root attached to it. And so we have to go, okay, God actually gave us an answer for that. He actually said he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind. I don't have to operate in that. And the love of God has provided for me this radical peace that doesn't make any sense in the natural, but it is tangible. A tangible peace on the inside is worth everything. It, it, it's the thing where you, you know, you hear about people who live in those like high-end corporate um, settings where it's just busy, 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 go, go, go all the time. They're making a lot of money. They're meeting a lot of important people. They're doing a lot of important stuff, but then they're taking like medication constantly to keep their blood pressure down and their heart rate in check. And things are just like jacked up all the time. And people like that will often, something finally collapses and they lose it all. And they'll say on the other side of it, I actually feel better now than I did before because all the turmoil is gone. We choose that. We choose that by allowing that love of God on the inside of us to rule out everything else, to, to, to shift our thinking, to shift our perspective. What am I saying? I'm saying if that, that fear's bubbling up, don't just say, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not even gonna think about it. Very purposefully decide I need to get back to peace on this one. So God, I am coming to you with this situation. I'm actually very concerned that we won't pay the rent this month. I'm very concerned that our family's gonna fall apart. I'm very concerned that I'm gonna get sick and die or they're gonna get sick and die. I'm very, I, I actually feel scared, God, that I don't know what's coming down the road. I don't know if I need to be like building a food pantry in my basement or whatever. I'm very scared about, you know, whatever could become. Actually go to God with that actually take it to him and say, okay, because I have relationship with you, because you have invited me into this place, I am choosing to reject fear. And in Jesus name, I am stepping into peace. You are my peace. And so Jesus, as peace, as the umpire of my life, as the guidance for my life, what do I do? I'm bringing this to you. And the word tells us that we cast it on him and he cares for us. And we begin to consciously shift into a different way of thinking. If things all fall apart, God's still good and he's still faithful. God still is the provider. He's still the source of life. He's still the only reason any of us have breath in our lungs. He's the reason that anything has happened. It's so he's the God who gives us the ability to make wealth. He's the God who restores relationships. He's the God who performs miracles. Time and time and time and time again. So what if it gets really bad? God is good. And having the relationship with that good God is peace. Knowing that I'm okay with him, even if I'm not okay with anybody else, I'm good. 
I'm, I'm at peace on the inside. Our homes, our families need to be a place of that kind of peace where God decides what the boundary lines are. God decides how we feel. God decides how we function, how we respond, how we act towards one another. Not that everything's tranquil, but it should be peaceful. So the final thing then, number four, is peace is from the inside out. We literally cannot sustain peace from the outside in. It has to come from the inside out. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. In this world, there's going to be stuff. The reality is if we look back over the last 80 years, North American society has had this golden period of abundance, of peace, of things being built and increased. We're building skyscrapers and bigger, fancier cars and bigger, fancier houses and bigger, fancier stuff. You know, it wasn't that long ago that most people had, you know, two outfits to go to school, one to wear, one to wash, right? Basic stuff. You, you see some of the houses from the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s where, you know, 800 square feet and they raised 11 kids in there. We're, we're like, we need a thousand square feet per kid. <laughs> Some, something's got to shift here. Like we have, we have moved into this place where we can have whatever we want. The reason that, you know, McDonald's like took off like it was, it was like, it, man, look at how, how much food you can get for this amount of money. And it was just like this mind blowing thing. Now it's nothing for people to spend a hundred dollars to go out for dinner. We have abundance that God's going to hold us accountable for. And I believe that that abundance is probably shifting. Honestly, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I, I, truly believe that there is a place where as a society in general, North America is probably moving into a place where God's going to hold us to account for what we have and we're going to have to act on it. I'm not saying that to scare anybody because I believe that if we're part of the kingdom of God, he's called us to have life and life abundantly. He blesses us. He helps us walk in peace. We have everything that we need. The word tells us financially that he gives us bread for eating, seed to sowing, and enough to give to every good work. So we are called to live in that place where we provide the answers. We, we get to operate in the overflow. We get to minister to people. We get to, to serve. We get to love. We get to give. That's what we get to do in a place where things are in turmoil, but only if we're walking in him. Only if we stay in peace. Only if we don't get sucked off the edge like everybody else is. And so we have to come into this place. In this world, we will have tribulation. Deal with it. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. William Hendrickson said, Peace is the smile of God reflected in the soul of the believer. And I like that. You seem fine. What's going good for you? God loves me. I, you know, man, woke up this morning, I could just feel the presence of God. So good. Just, I, you know, can't even, can't even get worried. Can't even get angry. I'm just, I feel the love of God. I feel the presence of God. I feel the peace of God. See, that's a game changer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. For be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It doesn't just say that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Does it? 
It starts with, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In other words, in order for God to guard our hearts and minds, we consciously say, you know what? Okay, I actually can see this. I think Pastor C was right today. Maybe not the other days, but today, I think she's right. I can see that there is an anxiety that is permeating our society. There is a fear that is being spewed out on every corner. There is a measure of unrest and distrust and division that has been unleashed against society that is everywhere, that families have been torn apart, churches have been torn apart, businesses have been torn apart, government uh, agencies, there's all these uh, you know, questions about whether things are being done ethically or right or truthfully. I can see that. But I am determined because there is a governmental kind of peace. It's being led by somebody who is the Prince of Peace. I have access to that kind of peace. It's available to me and it will guard my life. It will rule it. It will be the umpire that's going to decide where I go. So I am going to decide from the inside out that I will not bite into this stuff. I am not going to be moved by it. I refuse to allow fear to have access in my home, in my car, in my mind, in my conversations. I am choosing to no longer allow even five seconds of talk time for something that rubs me on the inside. If it's stirring me up and I feel anger, I feel fear, I feel anxiety, right now I'm recognizing that I can't afford that. It's not worth it. On the inside, peace is everything. And in him, I have nothing missing, nothing broken. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who's already in it. And he is waiting for me to get there with him and he will walk me through it. So I'm leaning into that. I'm choosing peace. I am choosing his guidance. I'm choosing his counsel. I am choosing to lean into tomorrow. I will thank God for what is today. I will turn tomorrow over to him. And I am deciding today, peace is where I live. Peace is where my government operates from. Peace is my mantra. Peace is what people are going to see on the outside of me. And whatever explodes today, I have been given the grace to handle it. And the peace in me stands secure. I have nothing missing, nothing broken. It doesn't matter who's trying to take what away from me at what time in what way. I have everything that I need in God. This is who I am. This is Christmas. This is Jesus has come to the earth and this is Jesus is coming again. This is what we celebrate is that heaven and earth pass away, but his word never passes away. We know that even though times change, society shifts, uh, what's normal moves, there are laws before the government right now, literally this week that are so sick and amoral and are looking really close to passing. God's still on the throne still a good God. He's still in control. And I will not bow to fear. I will not be bound in anxiety. I will not give way to the things of the flesh. And fear wants us. Fear operates on a bait system. Fear comes. Aren't you interested? What if you don't know about this? What if you get left behind? What if you're caught off guard? Come on, just, just listen to this for a little bit. I mean, these people are really upset. They know more than you do. Come on, just listen to this. Just listen to this. Romans 18. We're going to finish with this. 
sorry, Romans 16. Romans 18 would be an addition. We do not condone adding to the Bible extra chapters. Romans 16, starting at verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. What if people think I'm just being dismissive? Mm-hmm. Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple or innocent concerning what is evil. What if I don't know what's going on? Do you know what God says? What if I'm unaware? Do you know what God's saying? You know what would be better to be on the, the top of our lips? The prophetic words that are coming out versus the news reports. What is God saying versus what is Lisa Laflamme saying? Sorry, CTV News. Um, seriously, what is God saying? I want you to be, I want you to be uh, good and wise at what is good. I want you to be aware, alert to what God says. I want you to be knowledgeable to what God is doing. I want you to be aware. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, like, honestly, they're asking, how's the church going and whatever, and I said, you know what? It's been hard. The last several months, I mean, there's been a lot of deaths. There's been a lot of crises. There's been a lot of major stuff. But I said, honestly, that's, like, praise God, he's walked us through. On the other hand, there are so many people that have come to Christ. There are so many marriages that are healed. There are so many families that are being restored. There is so much good. That's what we're focusing on, and we're so excited about what God is doing. Is that denial? No, it is being wise about what is good and simple concerning what is evil. Verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Come on. We know the end of this thing. We know the end of this thing. And the God of peace is on our side. He is in us. He is present and available to us. And he is operating through us should we so choose. I believe no matter what's ahead of us right now, no matter what's coming in the next weeks or months, the things that God has planned are greater than we can possibly imagine. And so we need to stir ourselves up in our most holy faith to expect from him what he is about to do. It is always darkest when the light is shining the brightest. There's this crossover point. So yeah, it's dark right now. It's difficult right now, but God is on the move. And so we must determine from the inside out, we stay in peace and the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. Amen. Amen. You're never going to sing silent night the same. Let's stand together. Worship team, whatever you got. This morning, I'm going to invite you. If you are, uh, you don't know Christ yet. You've never accepted the Prince of Peace. You've never stepped into that place with him. I'm going to invite you after this, this song, uh, Pastor George and, and Pastor Brad will be standing over here and they would love to pray with you 
and meet you to Christ. And what I would help them out to know that you are making that decision is this, you could just fill out the card that's on the seat in front of you, and it says, I have decided. Just fill that out and bring it up, and they'll just look for that card. Um, but they would love to introduce you to the Prince of Peace. And for everybody else who already has had an encounter with the Prince of Peace, having done all to stand stand therefore right gird your feet with the shoes of peace there are times when we have to decide that peace is worth it there are times that we decide that in him nothing is missing nothing is broken i am whole and complete in him and we, we prayed it, we sang it already this morning. Sometimes we just need the instruction to go along with it. Literally, take authority in your home. Take authority in your conversations. Take authority with your children. Take authority in your input, the eye gate, the ear gate. Make sure that what is coming in is life-giving. But if it is causing you fear, it's causing you anxiety, it's causing you anger, dismiss it. You get to decide what comes in. Stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Get in the word. If you don't have a nativity at home, get one. You know, it's not idol worship. It's a reminder that whatever. Concentrate on the fact that Christ came for us. And when he did, the angels declared, there is now peace on earth. This is God's goodwill, his good intention toward men make use of it so lord this morning we thank you we thank you in this advent season we thank you for coming as a baby we thank you for the hope that we have that you're coming again we thank you for being present with us that holy spirit you are with us that you function in us that we're never ever alone we thank you for the hope, the anchor that we have for our souls that goes beyond this lifetime, that we know this is just a fleeting passing time. We get this little window to live for your glory here on the earth, but we have eternity to look forward to. And Lord, today we thank you for peace. We thank you that real peace isn't a feeling. It's a government with a ruler and a, and a prince that leads us it's a stability on the inside where nothing's missing, nothing's gone. We're not baitable because we're complete in you. That relationship that we have with you sustains us in all things. That we don't move about with everything that happens, but we can literally sleep in the storm. We can decide like Jesus to grab a pillow, get to the comfortable spot, and be in peace through it all. Even though and Lord, today I pray for a release over your people prophetically. Every place where those tentacles have come in that have come onto your people, little thought processes, little things that have drifted into uh, homes, those things that have become normal conversation even as we check the things of the day and the things of the week, the pressures of the workplace, those things that have come to steal our peace. Right now, I just speak a deliverance of that in Jesus' name, a release of anxiety, a release of 
depression, a release of fear, a release of irrational anger, a release of every place of despair in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you, Prince of Peace, that you come and you take up residence in every one of those spots, Lord, that we're aware of your peace on the inside of us, that we feel you. We feel your presence on the inside. And Lord, we thank you that with you, we always have enough, that we always have what it takes because you always have what it takes. God, I thank you that we don't need to be concerned about what we don't know because we do know who we do know. And so Lord, I thank you for that confidence that comes with that level of knowledge. And Lord, I thank you that we can be uh, uh, wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And I thank you, Lord, that this is the great separator. And even this Christmas season, that this is one like no other, transformative. The roots go deep. Lord, that the air is cleared and peace becomes our umpire once again. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.